Welcome to Keeping Your Together in a Stressed World with Michelle Post and Scott Grossberg. Each week, we explore down and dirty ways to stop awfulizing, catastrophizing, going down the rabbit hole, and moving through all the craziness that is happening right now. We're here to create a community of like-minded people as we give you tips, tricks, and techniques for keeping sane in an unhinged world. And now, here are your hosts, Michelle Post and Scott Grossberg. Hey, everybody. This is Scott Grossberg, one of your co-hosts for the podcast, Keeping Your Shit Together in a Stressed World. And I'm here with my co-host, Michelle Post. Hey, Michelle. Hi, Scott. Hi, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Um, and obviously, uh, you're, you are getting this on replay today. It's a recorded yes. uh, session uh, for a variety of different reasons. So thank everybody for uh, mm. listening listening in. Uh, before we introduce our very special guest, and I do mean special. Special. Um, special. Um, Michelle, uh, yes. anything you want to talk about? Yeah, I, um, you know, my favorite podcast besides ours is the Man Enough podcast. And yes, one it's of the my second, second best podcast in the world. Second best podcast with better sponsors. So any sponsors out there that would like to sponsor us? <laughs> Anyway, um, they had a, a really one of my favorite relationship therapists on Esther Perel, and I loved what Esther Perel said about improving your personal, romantic, working relationships, friendships, etc. I, I love her work in general, but she's an infidelity specialist, actually, and that is something that I work on in my own practice is helping couples heal after infidelity. But it's so aligned with what I do with my my couples that I thought I would share it because I think well, it's really I, powerful. This is the first time now, folks. Michelle and I've been doing this show for a very long time. We've known yeah, each other a year and a half, longer than that. Um, <laughs> and this is the first time I think I've ever heard you talk about the infidelity oh. component to your practice. We need to do a show on that. Oh, okay, okay. Okay. Yeah, it's it's probably about at any given time, 10 to 25 percent of my practice, um, you know, breach of trust for any reason. Right. Sometimes it's anyway, I won't go into the details. Yeah, but, but it's just fascinating. So go on. <laughs> so here's the tool. OK, I want you to think about any relationship. Uh, family, romantic, working relationship, friendship that you are having trouble with. And I want you to reflect on it and say, mm, with all my quirks and idiosyncrasies, my history, my past, et cetera, my old wounds, whatever, what percentage of the relationship challenges are my responsibility? And what percentage do I think are the other person's responsibility? So as you're reflecting, you might think about some relationships where it's 90% the other person and 10% you, or you might think about somewhere it's 50-50, or you might think about somewhere it might be, you know, 60% you and 40% the other person. But whatever it is, let's say it's 90% the other person and 10% you can see how you're contributing. Spend the rest of your life improving that 10% that is you because your relationship will improve at least by 10%. Does that make sense? It, so it does. It raises a lot of questions for me, but it does. Yeah, I know me too, because there's some, I do have a few relationships out there where I feel like it's 90% them and 10% me. 
Um, but it, what it does is it takes the responsibility off of like, you can't control another person and how they behave and what they think and what they're doing or not doing to improve themselves. You can't, you absolutely have no control over what another person does for their personal growth or mental health or well-being. but you have almost hundred percent control over yourself. So do I get a coach? Do I see my doctor? Do I improve my health? Do I work with a therapist? I want to fix this part of me so it stops repeating and, and wreaking havoc in my relationships. Well, this brings up mm -hmm. the, the very, um, the thoughts that kind of ran through my head when you brought this up. Um, our, our guest is raising our her hand, but you can't, you can't ask a question yet. Um, <laughs> hold that thought. Hold that thought. Um, but here's the interesting thing, because you've heard me before, Michelle, when we have had discussions about AA and Narcanon and yes. Families Anonymous, et cetera, et cetera, any of these groups where yes. I have had such a hard time with the serenity prayer. Yeah. And it's because I, and you've, we, when we did our show with, with Danny Miller, yeah. um, we had a long discussion about the serenity prayer and my control freak problems <laughs> where, where I have an issue of, of control. With, well, it's not a control thing, but it's it's one of those things where I recognize that it's actually all me. Oh, not it's not them that their oh. thing is their thing, right? But I'm a hundred percent in control. There's that word again of my reactions, of my experience, of my whatever. Yes. And so I wonder how this works when it's like I'm having a problem. Yes. And I just had this discussion, by the way, with our our guest today, uh, off, off air. But I just, <laughs> I, I just, you know, I I had this discussion of when we recognize we have no control over anybody else, mm -hmm. and you put into play some of the work from Byron Katie and others. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, for those of you who listened to our prior live show of, of Ho'oponopono and the magic behind that, uh, it's all recognizing you have complete control over you. So yes. if yes. I come if I come to a relationship and I'm having a problem, a disconnect, frustration, I hate the person, whatever it is. Yes. I can intellectually step back and go, yeah, but Scott, that's all 100% you. Now what do I do right. with, with this formula you just gave? Right. Is it well, now just I spend the rest of my life looking for the light? Yes. So how do I manage my reactions better? How do I approach this with more love and compassion for myself and others? If I don't like the sense of control that I want or have over the situation, how can I release that and allow other people's opinions, thoughts, feelings to enter more into the discussion? So whatever that is, is it is it self-regulation that you need to do? And if you weren't so on, like, this is not you, Scott, in general, if, if, if I'm not so irregulated, you know, if I'm not so stressed out, will I respond with more kindness and gentleness to problems in my life than if I'm stressed out and on edge and snappy and whatever? So how do I learn better? Stress man. I mean, what's the name of our show? Keeping your shit together yep. in a stressed world, right? It's easy to keep your shit together in a peaceful, calm, zen-like location retreat. <laughs> well, what I'm hearing you say, what I'm hearing you say, by the way, because you you used it, I didn't. You yeah. used the word irregularity. So, folks, yes. I want you to think of our podcast today as Metamucil for the soul. That's right. That's right. Metamucil for the soul, keeping you regular. 
We're, we're going to keep you regular and give you a little bit of roughage along the way. That's right. And of course, if Metamucil would like to sponsor, no, I'm just kidding. Well, you're in the sponsors today, aren't you? I don't know why. Anyway, um, but that was my tip. And it was really enlightening because like I said, we can all improve ourselves. And if we stop complaining about another person that, well, we can complain about them, but if we stop making like this helpless, hopeless, oh, they have to change in order for this to improve. No, if I change and improve, I can improve this situation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, so I, 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 and I'll, I'll give, I, I, I love it. And um, I'll give one little, t- or at least one trend that I'm starting to see uh, with some of my clients. And that's the, the lack of competence confidence, not confidence, confidence, the lack of confidence mm. and imposter syndromes are starting to raise their ugly heads yes, again. Yes, of course they are. And it's, um, you know, we're moving into the holidays and people are, and by holidays, I mean, for Scott, Halloween's one of the most important celebrations <laughs> of the year, right? Wait, wait <laughs> we till we get to- the Jewish high holidays too. I don't know if you- are We on, did. On, uh, yeah. Rosh, Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. Thank you for mm-hmm. mentioning that. And, mm-hmm. um, it, and you know, as we move into that, people notice they are more isolated or, or they go into the compare and contrast modes. Right. And a quick little tip for everybody is if you catch yourself comparing and contrasting, you might want to revisit some of our podcasts where we talk about the abundance mindset, that whole concept of, hey, I actually have this in my life. Yeah. And I've used the Jessica Zweig formula before I have abundance in my life because our special guest is here, because Michelle is here, because I have two wonderful dogs, I've got a lovely wife, blah, 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 right? You can go through and do that whole list. You can do the same thing with the confidence. And and I have confidence in my life because, oh. and then just fill the rest of the stuff in. Mm-hmm. Good point. Mm-hmm. And, you start, and, and if you'll do that, you'll start noticing the confidence you do have. Mm-hmm. Um, and by the way, I, I, I want to underscore one thing here, and that's that, you know, some of the, I, I just got done uh, working with somebody from overseas who's fairly well known, um, been around, done all kinds of uh, entertainment stuff. Mm-hmm. And, you know, privately, lots of fears and doubt. Uh-huh. And that's what we were working on was uh, how to, you know, how to build confidence and how to overcome this fear that he'll be forgotten. That's, that's actually oh, the, one of the big things. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, when you understand that it's an irrational fear, now we go all to those logical fallacies and those cognitive dissonance issues. Right. And you start realizing the lies you tell yourself. Ah, uh, <laughs> yes. So, yes. So we'll, the we'll, lies we'll get, we tell ourselves. The lies we tell ourselves. All right. So let's move into today's show. Shall I we know because on? our special guest has something that they want to say about this uh, percentage question that I put out there. But not yet. But not yet. But not yet. But wait for but wait. it. So today's There's show, today's show um, I actually was very uh, blessed, I'll call it, use it that, to be part of the initial discussion about this. And I'll explain why I was able to be part of the initial discussion about this in a minute. But we're going to talk about what we've called do-it-yourself deflector rings. It's basically arts and crafts. <laughs> and it's For superheroes. <laughs> and this doesn't come, exactly, this doesn't come in a vacuum. For those of you that may remember um, in my book, The Most Magical Secret, uh-huh. I've got an entire discussion about objects of affection. You do. That's right. And I love that chapter. Mm-hmm. 
and you guys know I've got my beads that I make. Yes. Uh, mala beads and others. And I call them my togetherness beads. So I ah. want you to distinguish that from a deflector ring. Okay. So togetherness together, my togetherness beads are the, are the beads that hold me together. Ah. It's one of my ways of keeping my shit together, right? Okay. Okay. They're constant reminders. So essentially, these objects of affection, and I'm going to include deflector rings in it, are things external that help us and remind us that we have more power than we thought we had. Let's just ah, Okay. With that, I'm going to introduce our, our special guest today. Yay. Um, and I'm going to do it kind of in a haphazard fun way, because that's the relationship that we have. Anyway. Yes. Um, yeah. First of all, our special guest has been happily married for over 40 years. Wow. Um, she uh, has a wonderful a dog named Taz that she treasures. Oh, Taz. Um, I wasn't sure I was going to mention it, but I will. She's been in the cutting horse industry since 1999. But more importantly, um, I lovingly call her Yoda oh. when, I when I talk to her um, because she has figured out, she's figured out how not to let the craziness of family and the world define her. Oh. And she's even survived growing up with me because she's my little sister. <laughs> um, I now, always ha wanted to have a conversation between Yoda and Batman at dinner. Exactly. So. You ought to <laughs> hear it. At, at, and but here's the most fascinating thing. While, while I have my, oh, she could tell you stories. While, <laughs> I, while I have the things that I collect, mm -hmm. um, my sister, uh, collects sticks and stones and bones and dead things. She is <laughs> she is the epitome of the cabinet of curiosities. I don't know how else to describe it. Um, with that, I'm going to introduce you to my little sister, Sherry Williams. Hey, Sherry. Hi, Batman. Hi, Michelle. Welcome, Sherry. Thank you. It's nice to be here. <laughs> mm. <laughs> so you had before we start. I think you had a question. Well, no, Any I didn't comment? have a question. It was a comment, actually. Mm -hmm. it, it, when Scott said that we had just had this a conversation about this the other day, uh, something that he taught me, I don't know if, I'm, if this will be part of this podcast, you can always cut it out, but yeah, <laughs> go with it. Well, it, this was fascinating because I was doing one of my... He's so good. I, I'm so lucky that I can just call and rant to him at any time. Awesome. Any place. It's wonderful. So I went on with one of my little rants. I, I don't always have it together. Don't, you know, I mean, neither I do don't. we. That's why right. we do this so, podcast. Yeah. So I called, I called him and I was ranting, you know, you know, that kind of thing. And I said, well, they shouldn't be, or they shouldn't. I was using that word should. should. And he very quietly listened to me. And it kind of plays into the what's my what the percentage of my responsibility mm -hmm. of theirs. And I was saying what their responsibility should be. And mm -hmm. he very quietly listened. And then he said, well, why shouldn't they do that? I said, uh -huh. what? And he said, well, why shouldn't they do that? And I said, because they shouldn't. It's not right. And he said, no, that's your rule. You, they shouldn't do that because you don't want them to do that. They can do whatever they want. Wow. And I thought. Okay, well, that was really simple, but I've been <laughs> carrying it with me now for days. So I sent him a text message, the 11th commandment, thou shall not should others. Yes. And that's what I've been telling myself over and over. Thou shall, as soon as I start, Beautiful. thou shall should others. Beautiful. Uh, okay. And he made it so simple. It's just, <laughs> okay, and it has helped. Another tool. 
Don't, I don't, love shoot, it. don't shoot all over yourself. Or yeah. other people. <laughs> or other people. <laughs> all right. So, so to, today, today um, you know, <laughs> nobody's ever heard of a deflector ring. I have because I was part of the initial discussion when some of this stuff came up um, a, a while ago. And I want to, for our listeners, the reason we're calling it a do-it-yourself deflector ring is number one, we're going to explain what a deflector ring is. Okay. And, then, and then we're going to talk about collectively amongst the three of us, what you can use to create this token, this charm, this magical amulet that you can wear and take with you. And it started with, you know, as a trekker, you, know, you some of you have heard it as trekkie, but it's really a trekker. As a trekker, we've all grown up with deflector shields. We know what those are. And we kind of intuitively, instinctively get what a um, deflector shield does. But I wanted to go up and look, I wanted to actually go and look up what a deflector was. Okay. And it's very interesting when you look it up because it's, I love this definition, right? I love it when people use the name to actually describe Define it. the thing, so yeah. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm in Oxford languages right now. Deflector, a device that deflects something. Well, that, that doesn't help me at all. That doesn't help, no. So, but it's so I, went, I, went and, I went and looked up a different, a different source. Um, it's WordWeb. And I love this for those of you that may have your phone uh, or desktop that you want to find a great thesaurus on, it's WordWeb. And I looked up deflector and I listened to this definition, it's beautiful. A device intended to turn aside the flow of something. Ooh, oh, there you go. That's it. So there's the show. We're done. Um, wow. <laughs> bye bye. Wow. Um, and, and I think that, Sherry, if I'm not mistaken, kind of sums up what was causing. What caused the discussion about a deflector ring to begin with, right? Oh. So I just I just saw this one deflect to cause something to change direction by interposing something or to turn aside from a straight course, there as in know. the bullet was deflected harmlessly into the ceiling. Right. That's exactly <laughs> that's exactly what started this. Ah. So I, I don't know if only so why don't you, yeah, we had to jump in yeah. and you take it, take, well, take it away what you remember. So some, well, so no, you're, you're right on there. So something that someone very, very dear and close in my life, we talked a lot about toolboxes. Oh. We had lots of discussions about the empty toolbox for go and the toolbox was always for coping, oh. coping mechanisms. And some people have full, full toolboxes. Some have the wrong tools in the toolbox. Some are empty altogether. And mm. so we would talk about that. And then I have these situations in my life that were getting to be overwhelming. Uh, I felt like things were flinging at me at all directions, uh -huh. get ready to go on, on a trip um, for visiting. And I thought, I, I need something. You know, I'm pretty strong, pretty strong will, but I need something that will deflect and protect me. Ah. Again, it, it's just, it, it was just an extension of what I already knew I needed to do. So I, I got a ring that okay. belonged to someone that was, I was very close to. And I thought, oh, I'm going to wear this ring and it's going to deflect anything harmful at me that's coming mm -hmm. my way. And it would just give me a little bit of strength. It would be like Scott said, a little bit of a, a note to myself. Like if someone was pinching me to remind me, don't let uh -huh. it in, don't let it in. It's okay. Uh -huh. 
and then that's where the deflector ring started and it uh, you know it was just to deflect and, ugly things and for those who don't have the joy of seeing you while we record this I do and I saw you pick up a ring and put it on your <laughs> finger and then begin to like play with it and fiddle yeah. with it and so yeah. was it a tangible thing that you wore on this yes, trip was- and then would touch it was, and it was on my middle finger because I felt like, <laughs> you know, I, it just empowered me a little bit more. Exactly. Which so would be, a, just, by the way, no, knowing where this ring came from, that's very appropriate. It's very appropriate. And so, again, oh. you know, I was able to choose this particular ring for that protection. Oh. And so, you know, without going into all that. So, yes, it was very um very appropriate. Now, I it, I did graduate to a little bit of a different ring as okay. the situation, Ooh. and it, it a colorful ring. I found this, and I thought, well, this is just a fucking circus. <laughs> yeah, and oh, we're okay. We're we're raw and uncensored. It's all right. <laughs> oh, it looks like a mystic. What do they call those? Like a mystic topaz. The 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 gem on that. I don't know if that's what well, it is, you but you could tell me. I haven't. I don't know where it came from. Yeah, I don't know who it belonged rainbow, to. Rainbow, beautiful, yeah. gem like. Mm-hmm. And so Carolyn and I had quite a bit of fun with it whoops I said a name but anyway uh we have quite a bit Car- of Carolyn's my wife just so yeah you know. we talk about her okay good. <laughs> she no, I, I, I don't know the ins and the outs so I'm getting <laughs> but anyway, great. We had a bit of fun with this because I thought oh now we're gonna add humor ah, so how did that ring add humor because of the color and the ha- oh, you look at it and it just you go oh that's so pretty with yeah. the colors yeah. so, so, so let me just, interrupt let me interrupt for a minute and ask two two questions um when do you decide that a deflector ring is needed? Mm. And how do you decide what type of deflector ring is needed? Ah. So when and how? Uh-huh. So for me, when is when I'm feeling off balance in a situation that I'm going to go into? Mm-hmm. Um, and how do you recognize a... that? How do you recognize that you're off balance? Because I have a lot of clients that spiral, right? They go dark mm. and twisty or they do whatever. And they don't even know they're doing it because they mm. basically, and Sherry and I have talked off, off air about learned helplessness. They've mm. basically gotten into, they're just this habitual reliance on whining, complaining, and being unpowerful. So how do you know you're off balance? Because that powerful is a good word. I don't feel strong when I'm going into a situation. Um, I don't necessarily I just don't feel balanced I don't have a direct view of where things might go it's really loss of control really loss of control yeah it's a loss of control but recognizing it before what you're saying is spiraling and saying you know I don't feel good about this I don't Mm -hmm. know which things are going to come at me because I obviously can't control someone else Mm -hmm. and so I just want to be in a in a a meaningful situation where I can look at things and stop before I open my mouth, before things mm-hmm. spill out, you know, that sort of thing. It's just feeling off balance, mm-hmm. you know, where you just can't get a grip on it. Mm-hmm. So are the well, deflector rings a way for you to stay centered? Yes. Okay. Yes. Like some examples of, I haven't used the ring per se, but like a talisman in my pocket have mm-hmm. been like, if I'm going to go and get an um, annual review with a boss, okay, that's <laughs> a little destabilizing sometimes. Or in my case, we used to do crisis intervention in a hospital death 
uh, death situation. So whenever I was facing like death or dying situations, that's when I would carry something in my pocket. Um, so for those of you out there, I don't know if that helps you kind of stir your head of, or, you know, you're going to visit a family member and that person maybe activates you and you don't want to end up in an argument. You, you know, like just a, visiting a family member or like Thanksgiving's coming up for a lot of my clients, Thanksgiving or the Christmas holiday means family time. And, you know, there's uncle so-and-so who gets too drunk and mean, or, you know, <laughs> grandma who's racist, or, you know, there's, there's any kind of number of things that, you know, an in-law who doesn't like you very much. So any kind of social situation where you might be exposed to a person that's not so kind, I could see those as examples where a deflector ring could be really useful. Yeah. Yeah. It's just to, um, it's all like it's it, again it's a tool and to give yourself a sense of and it, I know it, it seems funny to me that a little a little ring or a little talisman something like that but I think it just brings you back a little bit calm yeah. and and yeah. makes you focus it's kind of like with our puppy dogs when they start barking madly yeah. and you need to break that focus quit so yeah. it kind of for me is a quit but the the other part too was that started it was simply not to allow those that would hurl things at me hurtful things yes it would deflect it off and protect me I know okay. a ring but a tool but it would yes. it would protect me and and I could then I could gather up my own courage energy and courage. my own energy yeah just a reminder okay. yeah and then how Scott's second question I'm curious about how do you how did you go about picking the right ones for you Oh, uh, the first one really simply was just a matter of the significance of that item. It okay. was the significance, um, where it came from, the history behind it. And I knew that that would be a good protection. And I knew I needed it big. I needed okay. big protection because I was so, again, off balance and wobbly. Okay. And then it kind of progressed to a lighter deflector with the colors and now this is more, you know, as I, as I worked it out, it became a little bit of a lighter situation. Uh -huh. So I think, I think, again, the tool gets you stronger. It makes you aware. Right, right. And so, awareness. So could it be like, a, you know, a hand-me-down piece of jewelry for those listening, a hand-me-down piece of jewelry from a mentor or, a, you know, an ancestor who was protective and loving and yeah. strong, something like that? Right. So when you look at that, it's like, okay, we're, we're in this together. We're almost, it's almost like you're riding on my shoulder. We're in this together. I, we're going to, we'll get through it. So okay. I'm going to ask a question that I've never asked you, Sherry. Um, but but it, it's in line with the fact that upcoming, we're going to be doing a, a ghost story uh, show oh, yes. for, for Halloween. Halloween. Um, and I'm, I wonder, I certainly do this, you know, when I find I'll, I'll call them amulets and talismans because you did. And there's very, there's lots of magic behind that, right? Do, do you ever um, sense a vibration? Is that part of it too? Is that, does the ring vibrate to you? Does it give off the energy of the person who used to have it? That's a good question. Um, no, not in that particular ring um because i don't believe that that particular ring was of 
major, major importance to the person it belonged to. Uh, for, it was for a short period. But I do have another piece of jewelry that came from our grandma. I will, I can easily say that. And Aww. that piece of jewelry was grandma's every day. She never took it off, ever, ever, ever. And I kid you not, when I wear that necklace, that it's giving me chills right now. Piece of hair will be pulled. And I know it's her. Little piece of, and I'm like, ouch. And so I know her energy is in that necklace. But so I think that, you know, anyway, that's just my feeling that that this particular piece wasn't that important to who it belonged to. So moving forward to help our listeners, any, like, what would your top three tips be for identifying the need for a deflector ring? I think you've kind of said it for yourself, but just to kind of recap for the listeners, a tip on how to recognize when a deflector ring might be added to their toolkit, and maybe then two tips on how to, to find, discover, or even design their own. Oh, that's a good question. Well, okay, so so the first one again, and I, I know that it's not easy identifiable by everybody, but is it's that feeling of um, maybe lack of courage, maybe being off balance, again, if you can recognize that, um, a feeling of vulnerability. I think that's mm-hmm. a big one when you're feeling mm-hmm. very vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And you need that shield you were talking about with, you know, Trekkies, that deflector shield. So, which obviously we're not going to walk around with a deflector shield. <laughs> yeah, you could, I suppose. Especially not take it into your boss during the <laughs> annual review time. Yeah. Don't mind I'm my shield. set this in the chair next to you. Don't worry about it. It won't bother you. <laughs> well, I, I'm, I'm going to interrupt you here because I'm curious. You're wearing a wedding ring. Is that a deflector ring? Are you talking to me? Yes. Oh no, no. That's okay. my heart. This is my. So heart. how do you dis- how do you distinguish for our listeners between a a ring and oh, a deflector ring? Because the deflector ring has a job. It there you go. Have, okay. Right. The deflector ring has a job, and it is not only protection and strength for yourself, but really, if you will allow it, and you can do the. <laughs> whatever you need to do or whatever finger middle you want to wear, middle <laughs> finger, wherever you want to wear it. But you know that this ring, and you don't have to physically hold it up. This ring is working for you and it will catch whatever uglies are coming your way, whatever someone's going to hurl at you because it's its job. You have to believe in the ring. <laughs> I know there's a movie like that, but you have to believe in the ring. And the ring will protect you from these things. And if you believe it, it will do the job. So there's so this you... one, there's this wonderful song out there that um, I think I shared Michelle with you and Sherry off air called the cape. And the whole thing is you got to trust the cape. So in your case, Sherry, you got to trust the ring. You do, and and it should give you a sense. I, I, <laughs> you just should. Honest. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we want it to. <laughs> we, we wanted to if if one will if you will believe and trust the ring it's a it, it will it will protect you it will and at some point you will be able to set the deflector ring aside and you won't need to use it you don't need to use it forever you could if you wanted to um i grab it on occasion sometimes i don't you know sometimes i don't use it at all but i know it's always there 
-hmm. it's always there so trust trust the ring and it will again let it use its job now here's the other here's my other little catch at the end of all of this you need to have that give and take with with it i didn't say should have a give and take with it because sometimes things that are hurled at you you need to accept catch and accept you need yeah. to catch yeah mm -hmm. you don't so it needs to become it, it can become a working relationship for you so you don't want to miss certain lessons either by deflecting everything so it it's uh, mm -hmm. given a take with it also mm -hmm. let it do its job when you need it most but be willing to let some things come your way so you can learn so I love all this. I, I love the concept of recognizing. We talk a lot about catching yourself pre-trigger or as you're being triggered, catching yourself, realizing you need some assistance, bolstering, mentoring, guidance, mm -hmm. whatever. And then your description of the ring. Michelle, from a therapeutic standpoint, mm -hmm. because I mean, this is your your specialty, right? Mm -hmm. Where, how does something like what Sherry is describing fit in with therapy i mean i'm mm. assuming it's a, it's a complementary concept as mm -hmm. long as people aren't suddenly losing themselves <laughs> right, right, right into the ring right. and into then it the, becomes yeah, your yeah. precious <laughs> <laughs> exactly so you know we for a long time we've talked about transitional objects in therapy so if you have a child that's like headed to school and maybe scared or you know, you're going on a vacation and they're staying with, uh, your child is staying with a nanny or a family member, that kind of thing. So if you're separated from your child, a transitional object can be like a lovey, which could be a little soft toy or a blanket or um, a special piece of jewelry if they're old enough to remind them that you're with them no matter where you are. So there's transitional objects. Then I think if we take out the spiritual aspect of, of believing in the ring symbolically, for those of you that are sort of more skeptical and don't have a spiritual practice, you could see the ring as an external reminder of your own ability to ground yourself and protect yourself and That's care it. for yourself. And, you know, it's just a physical thing you can touch and feel if it's in your pocket, if it's something, a charm around your necklace, if it's a ring, it's something that reminds you, you love yourself and will stand up for yourself and care for yourself and walk through thick and thin with yourself. And, you know, you can trust yourself is, is how I would see it psychologically. Um, I, I have a very good friend, Sandra from Los Angeles. We were traveling in Guatemala and I got very sick in Mexico and she went to the center of town. I don't know if you can see it on the video, but she went to the center of town and bought me my very first, um, old fashioned ring charm that I wear around my necklace. And it's got a heart shape at the top of it. Oh, and then yeah. it's an old fashioned ring at the bottom, like an ancient ring. And over time, another person gave me one. And then I gave one to myself that really meant something. And <laughs> this can sound really funny, but dating in Los Angeles as a, you know, 30 something year old, you need a lot of <laughs> reminders that you're oh, going to sure. be okay. And so long before I met Brian <laughs> and I'm online dating and trying to figure out how do I not get killed or whatever, <laughs> you know, meeting people online. Also, how do I not, you know, 
get hurt unnecessarily. My keys around my, my keys became a symbol of I'm the holder of the keys to my heart and I don't just give them away. So I wouldn't, you know, go on a first date and take this charm off my necklace and give it to somebody. So why would I do that symbolically on a first date? You know, I would, I would remember I have the keys to my heart. I think it keeps us mindful. Mindful. Yes. Yeah. That's the word that is. That's the word. It keeps us mindful. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I want to bring up one more little technique. And again, it's it's from my book, but we've talked about it before. And and certainly, Michelle, you and I've chatted about it on our home retreat recording. Uh-huh. Um, and, and that is, I love the concept, whether it's a deflector ring or it's, you know, my togetherness beads or it's Michelle's necklace. I remind all of you that part of having a relationship <clears throat> with your talisman or amulet is to listen to it as well. And so one of the things that you can also do with objects like this is to ask it questions and then yeah. and then step back and listen. Um, and the reason I was asking you, Sherry, do you ever get the vibration? Because you know one of the big things that Michelle has heard me talk about, Michelle likes to call it the zipper effect, right? Where, I do. Where you you take your hero or your, your special person and you step into them and there's a whole thing that I do with people. And you zip them up um, at like a but, costume. But, but it, it's basically, it's like, you know, if I was wearing Sherry's ring, it goes back to, well, what would Sherry do? What would Sherry do? Right. What would Michelle do? Mm-hmm. What would Scott do? Mm-hmm. Um, and I've always loved that concept of, it's not just asking that question, right? We all, we, you know, I think all of us grew up, we're all old enough to remember the, the WWJD, right? What, what, would, what, would, what would Jesus do? And I've, I've always, I could be a whole nother show because I've always loved that <laughs> concept because I, I don't think the answer would be what most people expect. And, <laughs> and I have it on good authority. Um, and, and um you know, I've always loved that concept of being able to take a step back. And so Sherry, do you ever do that with any of your deflector rings of like, as part of your mindfulness practice of having the ring on, even if it's just as you put it on, being mindful of what does this actually mean? Wait, you lost me a little bit there. Um, so do, do you ever, if, if you're putting on, you know, let's just, I'll use my wedding ring, for example, as I put this on, and I think most people have, have heard us talk about um, my wife and I marry each other every day. So we, yes. we actually don't wear our wedding rings at night when we go to bed. Um, and so each morning I pick up our wedding rings and I ask Carolyn to marry me. And then she returns <laughs> that, right? So we, we get married every day. Every day. And mm-hmm. as we do that, it's literally I'm taken back to our wedding. I'm taken back. To, you know, all these things flood back in. As Sherry, you said at the very beginning, that little pinch. Right. Right. So, you know, one of the things with neuro-linguistic programming that you learn is if something, if, if I'm touching your shoulder and I keep my hand there, after a while, you'll forget about it. You'll forget my hands there. Think about it. Your shoes that you're wearing, you forget they're there. You take a, you know, notice your body. You don't notice anything about your body until something's not working right. Mm-hmm. And there's a pain. Mm-hmm. But if I put my hand on your shoulder and I just tap with my forefinger, mm-hmm. you're going to notice every time I tap. And so that's and where because I'm you're to... my brother, I'm going to smack you. But go ahead. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Mom, she touched me. Um, exactly. Stop touching me. Stop touching exactly. me. Oh, yeah. 
we, we could tell you stories. Um, and so what I'm wondering is, have you ever yourself thought about as you put the deflector ring on, it's kind of like that tap. It's yes. like, okay. Okay, that makes Mine sense, too. absolutely. And Michelle, I'm putting it back on. Michelle actually caught this and I didn't even realize that I was rubbing it, at, and rubbing touching it. it. And because of the, the variation in the height here, it's, I don't even have to look at it. It's just a little sense of comfort, of feeling, because I know what it represents. Yeah. And so, yeah, yeah. So yes, to your, to your question. Mm -hmm. And I think Scott, you asked Sherry, do you have any thoughts, Sherry, about where people could find one or, or create one, make one? I don't know if we um, covered that aside well, from yeah. inheriting something from someone. Sure. And that's a good question. You know, this is really silly. When I was a little girl, I fancied myself a jeweler. I, I took a, a, a piece of plumbing, a piece, a, a plumbing piece, actually, mm -hmm. that you could just buy at, at Home Depot. I don't know if they have copper pieces anymore, that it was just a connector. Yeah. And I glued stones to it. I mean, it could be as simple as go to Michael's, you know, you, you, if you want to keep it reasonable, go to Michael's, go to Hobby Lobby, and mm -hmm. just buy a, a little ring um yeah. you know you could win one in a 10 cent i don't even know if they have those anymore you know the little <laughs> things where you turn and you win a special prize I mean, yeah. it could be anything um that you want to do but definitely you could go to michael's you could just just find something that speaks to you mm. that will get that that speaks comfort to you right off the get-go mm -hmm. and a sense of power that you can rely on for the mm -hmm. period of time that you need this deflector ring. And again, it could be a short period of time, could be the rest of your life, mm -hmm. but something that you can, it has to work for you. It doesn't have to be a sentimental piece. Um, mm -hmm. I guess you could, you could wind up and braid some tin foil. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. you, I mean, you could and put a big blurb on it, but something mm -hmm. you can just touch mm -hmm. to remember, you know, and bring you back to square, keep you mindful, know that you're strong mm -hmm. and that this will help deflect. Mm -hmm whatever's coming your way. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and I love, I love that discussion. And Michelle, this kind of ties in with what I, why I was asking you therapeutically, because mm -hmm. in prepare, preparing for today's show, mm -hmm. um, I was looking up, you know, what are similarities? Obviously, you know, Sherry and I kind of grew up in an environment that allowed us to develop these techniques and, and mechanisms. And I came across something I had forgotten about for a long time mm -hmm. uh, in preparing for the show. And yet ties in with what you noticed with Sherry, and that's worry stones. Oh, and yes. for any of you that don't know what a worry stone is, these are these small little stones that in folk practice you rub, right? Mm -hmm. Well, it's got a cognitive behavioral therapy component to it. Yes. And I was I was fascinated to find out that the way it's described, at least what I found, is that therapists will use, we'll just call a deflector ring right now. A deflector ring can be used to displace destructive coping mechanisms mm -hmm. oh that's a, that's good too and um you know one of the things that it's offered here and i love this concept i've never heard it before but in preparing for the show that a deflector ring they're using worry stones but in our case the deflector ring serves as a physical relaxation script reminder Mm -hmm. oh, th there it is. There it is. What, what you saw me doing. That's a perfect way to explain it, Scott. Mm -hmm. You know, it was like I was able to put this on that therapeutic, you know, relaxation and go in. Mm -hmm. I could go in because I knew that I could control myself and take care of myself 
and get through the situation, no matter what way it was flinging. Mm-hmm. You know, it was like, choo, 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 choo. Mm-hmm. In a really real way, I just, I just realized like, this is a little dark, but for one in every three or four women are survivors of a rape situation. And in self-defense courses, they teach you to carry your keys between your fingers. When you're walking to your car at night, put your, before you leave a place, you carry your pepper spray with you. You, um, you, you learn how to walk with a defensive alert posture because it, it sends a signal to potential perpetrators that you are, uh, you are willing to defend yourself. And that, that energy alone is enough to ward off somebody that is looking for an easy, easy prey. Oh, you are so good. Yes. That's very true. You can thereby walk into the room feeling confident and, you know, stronger and go in and that changes the energy you've just entered. Yeah. 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 I remember Uh, as a young woman, like walking through parking lots at, at UCLA and being like, you MF, if you come near me, I'm going to kick your balls. Like it was just an energy that I, I made sure I was walking with because particularly young college students on big campuses can be um, more of a target. So, you know, we have a high percentage of women listeners out there and I, I, you know, if you haven't taken a self-defense class, I highly recommend it. But, you know, think about that when you're scared or you're nervous, a deflector ring can also be a reminder of your own personal power. Absolutely. It, you know, exactly. and I'm going to add one more thing because I've, I've obviously, in the world that I've lived in, spent a lot of time talking with people about the way they walk through the world and yes. how that affects it. And, you know, these deflector rings, once you put them on, it's like, it literally is like Superman taking Clark Kent taking his glasses off. <laughs> it, yes. it is it is like Batman suddenly going in and putting, putting his, on his mask utility, on, mask on, or his utility <laughs> yes. belt on. Um, right. Every, think about every superhero; they've got a transitional mm-hmm. thing that they do. That suddenly they stand taller. Their chest is out. They stand with power. And for those of you uh, to add to today, because we're running out of time now, um, to add to today, if you ever want to study some of the work of Amy Cuddy out of UCLA and her power poses, um, and I use this a lot with folks, you know, she has studied that for 30 seconds, if you'll just stand like your favorite superhero, it suddenly changes the way you are perceived and feel in the world. Now imagine putting on your deflector ring before you do the Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, Hulk pose, right? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Um, and it adds to it because then you not only have the pose, you've got the ring as a constant reminder of what that means. And, you know, I just wanted to add to the thing that for me with my rings of any sort that you make, it's very personal. You can mm-hmm. keep it in your hand. No one even has to see it. It's it still can be in your pocket or around it can the necklace be in your under your shirt. Mine mm-hmm. just happened to be a convenient spot with the finger and, mm-hmm. you know, it could be anywhere, but, you know, it's, it's yours and it's personal. Where if you walk in with a cape or you walk in yeah. with that stand, everybody can see. you might not want everybody to see the deflector ring. You might want to just keep it quietly to yourself. And so it has that ability, or you can walk in and go, I'm here. 
Yeah, I mean, not, not everybody has to have the Iron Man swagger, right? Not not every you could you could be more like one of the quieter superheroes, the exactly. one that the, the one that stands back and says, "I got this." Bring Quiet it but deadly. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, I, we're at the end of our show Can't um, and it's it. gone very quick today. Sign so, of a good um, time. So Michelle, I, I want to thank both of you. I must tell you, I, this has been great. And I want to thank both of you because this was just um, something that I did. I didn't expect, you know, my, my big brother to notice this and run with it. And I was a little bit like, Oh, I, I don't know, but you guys opened up a lot of light for me in regards Aww. to this too. And so this has been wonderful. I'm Aww. getting nice chills. Thank you both. You're, you're welcome. So Michelle, I'm going to let you ask the question because Sherry's my sister. So uh, okay. <laughs> and you're my brother. <laughs> you two are so cute. I have loved this episode. Um, so again, Sherry, thank you for coming on. Uh, we like to ask our guests a kind of a thought reflection question. How would you, looking back on your life, how would you want to be remembered? Hmm. Kind funny and full of love oh, i love that thank you and, oh. and, and there's one and there's the final question which is oh what do you do personally <laughs> sorry let me giggle at my own distraction okay what <laughs> do you do personally to keep your shit together in a stressed world other than wearing a deflector ring. Other than the deflector ring, which you told to us about. Together. Mm-hmm. Um, I try, I learned this from my husband many, many moons ago, to think before I speak so that shit doesn't roll out of my mouth, that can't be taken <laughs> back yes. and not say things in anger. So probably try to stay a little bit quiet and thoughtful before I react to all the outside shit so I can keep my shit together. Okay. That doesn't always work, but I try. <laughs> but that's okay. I that's love it. That's wonderful. Great tip. Well, th- thank you for being with us. Yes. Um, thank you for having and, me. And we are, <laughs> pardon me, we are at the uh, end of our show. Next week, we will be live again. And Michelle and I are going to talk about life lessons. Yeah. All, all those things that we have gathered up over, at least in my case, thousands of years of walking with dinosaurs. Um, <laughs> because I am that old. Um, no, we're, we're going to, we're going to talk about life lessons and Mm -hmm. I think it's going to be a very interesting show because we have not compared notes and I'll be very curious to see uh, how much overlap there is. I know it will be exciting. All right, everybody, please remember to like subscribe and share the show uh, with your friends and loved ones and on your favorite podcast platform. And with that, thank you all for being here. Bye-bye. You've reached the end of another episode of Keeping Your Together in a Stressed World with Michelle Post and Scott Grossberg. If you like our show, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate our broadcast, and leave a review. The podcast is for general information only and not intended to be legal or mental health advice, nor the formation of a lawyer-client, nor therapist-patient relationship. Stay tuned for our next episode, and thank you for listening.